I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you! As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Says, oh my god. I'm your Huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Bowling, this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? It's over, Johnny. It's over! Alright, what is going on, everybody? How is everybody doing? Um... I know I'm not usually doing this on a Sunday. I hope everything is sounding good. I am on a brand new computer here. Uh, my wife came home yesterday, had a new computer for me. We look in the back of the computer. It doesn't have anything but one green outlet, which is only outlet only. I need more than that. Um, I do have a sound card that I uh, that I need, that I used my audio blaster. But I also need another card to go into the regular computer. So I had to go get an external sound card. I had to hope it worked. I had to, then I had a problem with the audio. I found out that the Mixler audio link wasn't working correctly. Boy, it was a tough day, but um, I finally got this done um, about two hours ago. And I went out there, watched a little bit of poker, came on back in. Like I said, I hope I'm sounding okay. Um, if I'm not, someone please let me know. Um, if I'm booming, but I'm in a new room, I have a new computer, finally moved the computers to the computer to my room. Um, so I'm not going to be sharing a room with the kids anymore. Only thing I'm doing is kicking out the wife and she can come on in here if she wants. I don't mind. So, um, it should be a little better from here on out. I may be adding a show or two now that I got the computer in here. That was my plan was to add a show once I got the computer in here. Maybe two shows. I'm considering doing an NYPD Blue show. Imagine that. Um, 
but I am considering doing that. So maybe I'll do that. I might actually just do a complete watch along show for NYPD Blue and see how everyone wants to, uh, how everyone likes that and see how it goes. But anyway, um, got a bunch of movies. I'm, uh, I got one movie I'm going to get into tonight. Um, if you give me just a second, I will knock out plugs. And then we are going to be talking a really, really, really funny movie tonight. A, a action comedy, I guess you could rate it as. Um, it's a great movie. It's got Rick Moranis and Steve Martin, who also starred together in Little Shop of Horrors. Um, so, you know, you got that movie with them. They, they, they've got great chemistry together, but this is a really good movie. Um, My Blue Heaven. Now, um, I'll get into the movie in a minute. Like I said, I'm just dropping a little music in here that I can play behind me as I'm doing the uh, the plugs real quick. But um, once again, if anyone hears me sounding really bad or overmodulated or anything, let me know because this com- this computer definitely, the audio is a lot better. Um, I barely need any gain on this mic. So hopefully I'm sounding all right to everybody. If I'm not, please, please let me know. Um, and there you go. On that note, let's kick some music off and let's, uh, let's get some plugs done. Then we can get into this movie. I'm excited to do this movie in case you can't tell. It's a really, really great movie. And I like both the actors more than just both the actors. I like pretty much all the actors in it. Anyway, I want you guys checking out the high marks. That's right. They are cheese man, Mojo and G Wiz. They are Sunday nights, 830 PM Eastern time. They're on right now. I shouldn't be going on with them, but what am I going to do? I wanted to get this show done. Um, go listen to them, download this show later, and you can find them mixer.com slash metal mitt podcast network. So do not forget to be checking them out. And of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby blades. They are the inhumans. They are on the inhuman experience. So check them out on all the usual podcast platforms. And of course I have to turn down all the sounds that are going to be coming from this computer. And I have not done that yet, but I will right now. Don't forget about Eric, Doug, and Daniel. They are on the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, so you want to be checking them out over there also. All right, I just turned that down. All the sounds are off now. And, of course, Stephen Milan. He's over there reviewing films also right over there on Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com slash Stephen Milan. There's two whales in Milan. And don't forget, me and Smark right back here, Wrestling Outlet. Brand new name for our show. And uh, you guys can check us out Wednesday nights right around 10, 15 p.m. Eastern Time, right after AEW Dynamite goes off the air. All right, so we're going to drop the music down now, and we can definitely start getting into the movie. Um, and like I said, I'm excited to do this movie. It's a, um, it's a great movie. It's basically Rick Moranis is he's an uptight FBI agent whose task is to watch a mobster about to testify and that's basically what it is he puts him in the suburbs and he watches him and the guy keeps getting in trouble now here's the thing about this movie it is loosely based off of henry hill henry hill yes the guy from goodfellas uh the guy who goodfellas was based off of Now, he wasn't happy this movie was made, Henry Hill, because he knew it was loosely based on his life. But there were a few things in the movie that happened that actually happened to Henry Hill in this movie. Plus the fact it was just kind of um, ironic that this movie came out in 1990. Uh, This movie, My Blue Heaven, came out in 1990. Um, 
And it's funny, Henry Hill was actually kicked out of the witness protection program in the early 90s, probably right around when this movie came out. Um, but he had had burglary, assault, three DUIs. Uh, he had a lot of problems while he was in witness protection. So this movie was just loosely based off some of the things that had happened to him. Uh, like I said, good movie, not very long. It really runs really fast, so we're going to get through it pretty quick. But um, did a gross of uh, gross box office of twenty three million five ninety one opening weekend. It made six million. I gotta remember this was nineteen ninety, so that was a little bit better than what you see now. It didn't cost as much to make movies as it does now. So you know you got that right there. But um, thought I would get that out of the way real quick, and then we'll. Uh, like I said, I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, it's it, it's a very, very fun movie. It um, Like I said, we're looking at... Uh, let's talk about some of the actors real quick. We'll get into those. We've got Steve Martin. Uh, I mean, we've me and Anthony talked about Steve Martin when we reviewed Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But this guy has been in so many movies. Roxanne, The Jerk, The Pink Panther. He's been in so many big-named movies. And, of course, Parenthood, which Rick Moranis and... Um, uh, Steve Martin also starred in Together, Parenthood. So they've, 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 I can hear my dog walking around. They've, they've done a couple of movies together, which is why they have great chemistry together, even on, in this right here. So, um, but we've got Steve Martin who, I mean, runs on Saturday Night Live, just so many things that this guy has done in his career. I'm really not going to go through all of it because like I said, we did talk about him back on the um, one episode, and that is my dog barking. We did talk about Steve Martin back on the, um, like I said, the Planes, Trades, and Automobiles uh, episode with him and John Candy. I've done a whole episode on John Candy, so don't even worry about that. You guys want to hear plenty on him. Uh, but Rick Moranis, who really uh, started out on the SCTV series with John Candy, actually, um, had a small stint on Saturday Night Live, but has done great movies like Strange Brew. Streets of Fire is a great movie he did with uh, Michael Pere from um, Eddie and the Cruisers 1 and 2. Uh, Streets of Fire, though, was a great movie. Ghostbusters, obviously. He was in Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. And obviously very well known for the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, I, I mean, franchise conglomerate whatever you want to call it, he was definitely right there and the star of all those right there. So that that really was pretty much one of the last, it was kind of one of the last things you really saw Rick Miranda City. Hasn't done a lot. Uh, I do see there is something called Shrunk in pre-production and we did see him in the Goldbergs. Uh, he was the voice of, uh, they did a Spaceballs episode and... Um, he was Dark Helmet. He did do the voice, so he did come back to acting for just a little bit in 2018. But really just got out of acting just to kind of be with his family, take care of uh, take care of his family. And uh, I believe he might have had a sick wife or a sick daughter, one of the two. But um, that's pretty much why he, he, he was out of acting for a while. But uh, this movie is great. I think Rick Moranis is awesome. I got a feeling we're going to see him back. And if this IMDb is correct, we should see him back sooner rather than later. Um, so there's that right there. I'm going to go ahead and turn up my volume just a little bit on my microphone there. All right. Um, and we have Joan Cusack in this movie. Now, Joan Cusack is a weird one. We've all seen Joan Cusack and I mean, 16 Candles and 
um, a lot of other things. Saturday Night Live, she was on for a little while. But the weird thing is she's even been in movies with her son, John Cusack, and played a high school kid with him. Matter of fact, it was Say Anything, the movie with John Cusack and, and, and her both. But um, she's actually uncredited for Say Anything. She wasn't in there very long, but it was just kind of weird to see her in there. But she plays Hannah Stubbs in this movie we're about to talk about. She was in Toys. That was a great movie with um, LL Cool J, Robin Williams. Adam's Family Values, she was also in. Um, but uh, she's been in a lot of movies. Um, Toy Story, she was a voice of Jesse in Toy Story, the video game and the movie. High Fidelity, plenty of movies we have seen Joan Cusack in over the years. Um, uh, and it looks like she doesn't have much coming up right now. Actually, nothing coming up right now. Last thing we saw her in was the Homecoming TV series. And uh, that was in 2020. So that was pretty much the last time we saw her was right about then in 2020. So there we go with that. And uh, let's keep going here a little bit. Let's keep going. We also have um, plays a pretty big part in this movie, actually. Melanie uh, Marin. Um, been in a few things, known for 30-something girlfriend snapshots. Uh, a few a, a few things. Had something in pre-production now. Um so you'd be able to see her. She was in the the Dynasty, that kid, the, the newer version of Dynasty. Um, and she was even in Glow. She was even in Glow in 2017. She was the Dusty Spur in Glow. So uh, been in a lot of things, actually. I mean, her, her filmography is... Uh, oh, that's not even her as an actress. Um, let's see. Actress, she's been in 52 things. But um, she played the cop here that was... Uh, that kind of fell in love with the Steve Martin character, Vincent Antonelli, uh, who or Todd Wilkinson, whichever one you want to call it. Um, now, another actor we have here is one that I've uh, I've mentioned before, Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin's a strange kind of actor. I mean, Bill Irwin has been in movies. I mean, this goes back to Popeye. He was Lou, uh, Lou who? in uh, The Grinch That Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Been an interstellar. Been in a lot of movies. Actually has some stuff coming out. Um, but he's been in... I mean, he was in the Andy Warhol Diaries that just came out this year. He was in in six episodes of that. Star Trek Discovery. Um, but if you go back, he's definitely been in some really, really... I mean, really good movies. Uh, like I said, Popeye. He was even on Saturday Night Live once. Cosby show he's been on didn't do a lot of things but he's the guy one of those really if you wanted to say if I, I kind of feel like he's one of the last of the vaudeville actors he has that look he has that presence about him he was in hot shots with um uh charlie sheen uh been in a lot a lot of movies actually his uh his acting credits i mean he was he's actually recently been on blue bloods he was the cardinal uh, on Blue Bloods back in 2014. I think he's been on some more recent episodes. Not shown here. Uh, but he's got 102 credits to his name. This is maybe a guy I might need to actually focus on at one point. Uh, just so uh, just so he can get some 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 credit for the greatness that uh, he's, he's put out there many times. But um, he was just in the TV miniseries The Dropout. Uh, did six, like I said, six episodes of that. Carol Kane is also in this movie. Um, Carol Kane doesn't have the major number of movies 
that a lot of these, actually she does, she does. She just had very small roles in a lot of them. She was in Scrooge as the Ghost of Christmas Past. Um, has done a lot of things. Also has been on um, a, a voice in a lot, a lot of things. Uh, but she has done a lot of things. She was a voice in Phineas and Ferb. Uh, she's been in Law and Order, Anger Management, the TV series, uh, the Bounty Hunter movie. You name it, she has been in so many movies. She was even Miss Sherwood in Jawbreaker, if you ever saw that 90, uh, late 90s movie. But she's been in a lot of things. Um, she has a small part in this. She plays Shaldine. Uh, we'll get to her later. Um, we've got William Hickey in this episode. Very, very old man. We've seen him in a few movies. Probably the best-known movie you guys would know him from would be... Um, would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He was Lewis. He was Lewis. He was, um, I believe he was uh, Beverly D'Angelo's father in that movie. So that's mainly the movie you can see him. He was also the evil scientist voice in A Nightmare Before Christmas. He was in Sea of Love, but he's done so many more things. 93 credits to his name. Um, last thing he did was in 1999. We lost him in 1997. I mean, this is another guy who had been old since I was a kid. He was born in 1927, so he was pretty old when I was a kid, and I remember this guy definitely from a couple of movies he did, but uh, he's great in this movie, and we'll get to him in just a little while here. Um, Once again, hope uh, my audio is all good tonight. Just want to make sure if uh, if it's booming, if it's loud, if it's too quiet, let me know. Like I said, brand new computer. The only way to test it is to do a show. So this is a test for the audio more than anything. Uh, Let's keep going a little bit here. We're almost done with the actors. Daniel Stern, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, The Wonder Years, City Slickers. So many fucking movies. He's been in all the City Slickers um, and all the Home Alones, I believe. But definitely been in a shitload of movies. Everybody knows who Daniel Stern is. Really only has 77 credits to his name, but a lot of the movies he's done have been very big um, for this, for the uh, for him. Um, like I said, he's been part of some, I mean, Home Alone, City Slickers. He's been part of some very big franchise uh, movies, just those two alone right there. Um, but he was also the narrator for Wonder Years all those years. Daniel Stern was the narrator on Wonder Years. I don't know if anyone knew that, but that was him. Um, So that's pretty much most of the actors I'm going to get into for this. Uh, We'll go through a few more as we go. Now, it's funny. the, The role Steve Martin's playing in this movie is the mobster, Vincent Antonelli. And you want to hear something funny. You'll never even guess who was first up for that role. Never even guess who was first up for that role. Who was first up for that role? None other than Arnold Schwarzenegger was up to play Vincent Antonelli, a mobster, supposedly almost depicting someone like Henry Hill. They wanted they wanted Schwarzenegger to play that part. Capiche? You know what I'm talking about? I. No, that would not have made any sense. I am so happy they did not go with this. Another person that was being looked at to play this part was Travolta. Now, Schwarzenegger decided to do Kindergarten Cop instead. Travolta just 
decided not to do this movie. Um, to be honest, just decided not to do it. Uh, but Steve Martin was actually originally going to play the Barney Cooper Smith role of the FBI agent, the goofy, crazy, uh, well, more of the goofy, uptight FBI agent. That was originally supposed to be Steve Martin, but they actually thought he would play the part better when they really couldn't find anyone to play a good Vinny Antonelli. They just said, why don't you do it? We'll find someone else to play Barney. They came up with Rick Moranis, and obviously, when we get to the movie, it was an incredibly, incredibly smart move to do this, um, because I just can't even see how how it would have even been fathomable to have either one of those characters. Now, Travolta would have pulled it off, but it, it just not what this movie was really supposed to be. Um Anyway, I think we can actually get into the movie from here. Um, I got a few more things to talk about, but right now they'd just be spoilers in the movie. So I don't want to do that really right now. Um, so let's just go ahead, get right on into the, into the movie here. And uh, I'm just kind of getting a few things out of my way while I'm doing this. Um, looks like I might still have... No, I don't still have audio going. So anyway looking pretty good right now and all right let's go ahead and get into this movie so like i said this movie's got steve martin and i mean the main two characters we're going to be hearing from is steve martin and rick moranis we're going to hear some from joan cusack but not for a little while the first few characters we're going to hear are uh rick moranis and steve martin and steve martin's wife in the movie who is not in the movie very long, which is why I'm not even going to bother talking about her. But uh, this movie is pretty cool. It's kind of written in chapters. Um, you get like little pop-ups on the screen, like, you know, oh, I try to fit in my environment. I, everyone falls in love, the little chapter pop-ups. But a great little movie. And um, I'm going to start off about three minutes in, right when they get to their uh, their new home. Uh, these were just some track homes out in California that these people were all moved into. They didn't try to hide it was from California. They had the you know the Padres and all that stuff. Um, they never tried to hide where they were. So that was one of the good things in this movie. But uh, pretty cool that uh, stuff we're going to see right here. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the movie again. I'm praying all my volume is working. Every it it looks like it is. Someone tell me if it's not, but. Uh, it looks like it is bouncing on Mixler. It looks like the uh, VU meter on Mixler is doing fine. So I'm hoping my volume's doing good. I hope it's also good when I play the uh, video with it. And we're about to find that out right now by playing the opening scene of the movie. Now, I, you know what? I'm going to play a little bit of the real beginning because there's a little song. You hear it right there. Little song that you kind of hear throughout the movie. And it's kind of just like a part of the movie. I'm going to play a little bit of the beginning song kind of in the background here just so you guys can turn it down a little bit. Just so you guys can sort of hear the song. But it's throughout the movie. You hear a little bit of uh, all throughout the movie when they do stuff in the movie. You just kind of hear an upbeat version of this right here. So, a little bit. Right here. All right. 
So there you go. You always hear a little bit of that. And But let's start off right here with Rick Moranis, once again, the FBI agent, talking to Steve Martin and his wife, just kind of first day in a witness protection program. Here we go. Nice house. It's one of the nicest we've ever moved anyone like you into. It's got gas heat, fully air conditioned, harvest gold fixtures in the kitchen. If you like that kind of thing, some of the ladies do. Hey, Linda, what do you think? I always promised you a nice house somewhere in America. Let's not get carried away, okay, Vinny? Uh, it's going to be a lot easier if you two start calling each other Terry and Todd. It's a nice house, Terry, okay? No, you're Terry and he's Todd. Wait for me. Let, let's take a look inside. Come on. Thanks. Okay, these two are completely out of their element. I mean, they look, they stick out like sword thumbs. You can tell they're not happy at all, but uh, I'm going to keep playing a little bit of this for you guys. Because this beginning scene really just kind of sets the whole tone for the movie. Um, it just kind of lets you know where the wife is at and how he, even, even Vinny hates it, but he has no choice. Uh, I mean, if you really look at what Henry Hill did, which is supposedly with the same thing he did, it was, you know, drug trafficking was the main thing Henry Hill got popped for. Um, so, I mean, obviously it didn't stop when he got into witness protection. He just thought he'd be protected from doing it. So, anyway, play a little more of this clip. I need your social security number so I can process your payment. <laughs> My what? Your social security number so we can pay you. Two. Two. One. One. Five. Five. Dash. Six. Six. Nine. Nine. Dash. Eight. Eight. Two. Two. One. One. Two. Five. Two. That's one too many numbers. Take off the five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> so you can even tell me they, 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 social security numbers. They don't know what that is. These guys have all these mobsters all live fake lives. They have fake names. They have fake numbers. Nothing can be tied to them. Everything's in someone else's name, and that's the good thing. They can't be found very easily, which is why when they go into witness protection, they just disappear. Like Sammy the Bull Ravano, no one knew where the fuck he was, even though there was a million dollars on his head for years. No one knew where the fuck Sammy the Bull was. So, witness protection can work for some people. Obviously, some people have come right out of it. Um, like I said, they threw Henry Hill, which is, again, this loosely based on that character. They threw him out because of what he, all the shit he was causing, and he just thought he was fucking untouchable. Um, and obviously, he wasn't. You know, they, were, they, they got sick of his shit. You, you, you can't keep breaking the fucking law and expect the FBI to just keep getting you out of it every goddamn time. But uh, let's play a little more of this scene. Like I said, this movie moves very, very fast. We're going to get through it much quicker than you guys think. So let's go ahead and go. If you have any problems at all, call my office in San Diego. They always know where I am. Truth is, I'm usually there. We'll let you know as soon as we know when we're going to New York to testify. Great. Great. Thanks for everything. You're going to like it here, ma'am. It's a real nice community. I'd live here myself if my wife didn't... Didn't hate it, right? No. She'd hate no, it here, no, right? No, not at all. Take my word for it, she'd hate it. No, she has to live near the center of town because of her work. She works with athletes. Say, if you ever want tickets to a baseball game, just give me a call. Great, baseball. Because the Padres play the Mets every so often, you know. Though you folks would probably be Yankees fans. 
It's been my experience the most organized crime people are. I love the Yankees. Linda loves the Yankees. So does Terry. Who's Terry? You are. Anyway, if you have any questions at all, just give me a call. Listen, uh, thanks for everything. I really appreciate it. Now, he tries to tip him here. Yes, he tries to tip an FBI agent. Uh, I mean, I don't blame him, but he tries to tip the FBI agent. This is my job. I get paid. You don't tip FBI men. Sure you do. I mean, come on. Some people tip everybody. I like tipping. I'm a good tipper, actually. I don't fit the usual Jewish stereotype of uh, no, no tipping. I actually tip very well, especially somewhere I go back to a lot. If it's a place that I, I'm, I'm, I like it, they have great service, I'm, and I'm going to keep going back, I'm going to tip well because those people remember you, and I like people to uh, know that I appreciate when they, you know, make good food, serve good food, and have good service. I appreciate that. I, I know I, I couldn't be uh, a waiter. I, I don't think I can handle it, to be honest with you. I'm not, uh, I'm not that calm. <laughs> my, uh, my co-host on a wrestling outlet is uh, in the restaurant industry, so he's done a lot of different facets of the business, and I'm just like, dude, I can't even, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I would lose my goddamn mind with people. Uh, I mean, I mean, trust me, being a salesman is hard enough, but you're, you at least know who you're going in to see. And uh, you're not serving them food. It's much different. Um, so anyway, um, I'm going to keep going a little bit more. This is the same, <clears throat> same scene, but a different clip. Um, his wife hates this. I mean, absolutely despises the house the atmosphere, everything about it, she just doesn't like it. So, get a little of that. Oop, let me hit play. There's a four o'clock nonstop out of here. You really going back to New York? You'll find another wife. I know. I could have pulled out months ago. You wouldn't have gotten the big house. You wouldn't have gotten the extra allowance for the spouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next time I see you, you'll be eating white bread. You will probably even like it. It's not bad with egg salad once you get used to it. It's better than the slammer. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, sweetheart. You might even believe it after a while. And stay out of my purse while I'm on the phone. I wasn't in your purse. Yes, you were. You're always accusing me. Put the Visa card back in my purse, Vinny. All right, she caught him. He was. He was in her purse. She, he had the Visa card. Yeah, he did. She was right. Um, she does call. She does get a cab and she does leave. Um, and I mean, that's pretty much just, just it. Now we got Barney Cooper Smith and uh, his partner who uh, is, again, Bill Irwin, who we talked about a little while ago. Um, they are going into the office, and these are two guys who are just begging and begging to just do some undercover work, get out there, and not be stuck in the goddamn office. But they are stuck in the office, and now he has this, uh, Barney has this whole thing that now he needs to watch. This is his mission. His mission now is to watch and take care of this guy. This crazy, crazy guy, um, Vincent Antonelli. Now, just to tack on to some of his problems at, not, at work, he goes home and not only does Vince's wife leave him, now Barney's wife leaves him. Barney! Wally, too bad. Could happen to anybody, right? I guess so. Relief pitching. 
It's a high-risk occupation. Anybody could blow a seven-run lead. Eight. Whatever. They're sending me down. To the miners? To Wichita. I'm sorry, Wally. I'm gonna miss you. Margaret will miss you, too, I'm sure. Well, I mean, therapists aren't supposed to say that they'll miss their patients, so <laughs> how do I know? Boy, this is the second relief pitcher she's lost to the miners this season. I'm going, too, Barney. Where? To Wichita. Why on earth would you go to Wichita? Well, she's been banging the relief pitcher. That's why, Barney. How old are you? 26. Look, I'm sorry, Barney, but it's just no fun here. You're no fun. What do you mean, I'm no fun? You get the oil change on the second Tuesday. You get the car wash on the fourth Thursday. You get your hair cut on the 11th of the month. You never, ever get a different haircut. Look at the way you eat pancakes. What's wrong with the way I eat pancakes? Well, he does he eat pancakes? He has a system for eating pancakes. So that the bottom pancake gets as much syrup as the top one. He okay, I, I, I got to admit, I want to know this system. They never tell you the system. What is the system he has to get the bottom pancake to have as much syrup as the top pancake? I want to know this. I do. I want to know what his system is. Because I usually unstack the pancakes, then put it on the bottom, then layer the other pancake on top, and then put syrup, and then layer the other pancake on top, and then I put syrup. That way you do get even amounts of syrup on each cake. That's what I do. I don't know if that's his system, but I'd like to know what his system is. Um, but anyway, basically she's just saying he's the usual... Uh, regimented, militant-like FBI guy. This is how a lot of the FBI guys really are. They're just kind of militant and regimented, and they do this and they do that. They show Vinny. He's in his house. He's playing solitaire. He is miserable. He's got no one to talk to, not a goddamn thing to do. So we get a little clip, uh, a little like I said, it's kind of cut in the chapters, little box up here with clouds, my blue heaven. Uh, it says, I attempt to adjust to my new environment. He does. Uh, he does that by going to the grocery store. And now this is obviously one of those little towns in California that uh, everyone knows everyone, everyone's nice to everyone, and it's just a great, great time to have a nice day. Have a nice day. Good morning, sir. Would you like to try a vanilla brand oat crunchy? What do you think? Good morning, ma'am. Have a nice day. Fuck you. All right, so you can see here is just not happy with these people. But um, what he does is he sees the guy. You know, I don't know if you guys remember. These were price guns back in the day. They literally had to stick stickers on every little thing you bought. And that was how they priced all the items. So he sees the guy pricing soup. It's actually Campbell's. I'm sure Campbell's got a nice little uh, ad revenue from this. He's pricing soup. And it's like at 29 cents a can. Because soup used to be cheap. And um, he grabs the price gun. And he immediately just starts. He walks over to the steaks. And he starts pricing all the steaks at like 29 cents. Uh, he goes. <laughs> he goes to the counter. And he's buying all these steaks and it rings up to like, I mean, he has like 15, 20, maybe 30 steaks and it rings up to $12 and 50 cents. 
I think, hold on one sec, 39 cents are exactly what they were. And it rings up to, yep, $12.36. And he buys all these steaks and he gives the kid a hundred and the kid's like amazed by the hundred dollar bill. Um, now he gets stopped on his way out of the store and he's like, oh shit, I'm busted. But that's not what it is. Here we go. I hope you had a very pleasant shopping experience. Yeah. Good. Here's a form for our suggestion box. Now, if there's anything you want that we don't have, you just let us know. Arugula. I haven't had arugula in six weeks. What's that? It's a vegetable. <laughs> All right. So there you go. Like I said, he, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He's got the 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 Steve Martin, uh, you know, silver fox look. He's got the gray hair. It's spiked up. It's kind of pointing out in the front. Um, it looks like he came from New York in the late late 80s, early 90s. Exactly what he looks like. And, and funny. It's exactly who he is. So on his way out of the store, for some reason, he decides to steal a car. He's supposed to lay low, but you know... A mobster like this isn't going to fucking lay low. So he's not laying low one bit. Um, but he gets, uh, for some reason, he steals a car. But I love the excuses here. Uh, this is where we meet the uh, one cop that actually you know, is played by uh, Melanie, who I was speaking about earlier. This is the um, one scene that I'm going to go ahead and play from this real quick. And uh, let me go ahead and get it loaded up. Here we go. We've got a grand theft auto just waiting for you. Let me at him. And let me know when you're done with them because I could use them. He makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. That's all I'm going to say. The hairs on the back of your neck? Yes. That has never happened to me. I have never been interested in anyone on any level unless I know, of course, if he's a college graduate. Yes. Okay. That probably seems quite comical. All right. So we got Joan Cusack here. We got the uptight DA. And we've got the uptight FBI agent. So she sees him for the first time and she grabs the paperwork. And um, like I said, part of the thing here is is just the excuses this guy comes up with. They're amazing. I absolutely love them. Um, so actually, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play you some of these bad boys. Here we go. Todd Wilkinson, I'm Hannah Stubbs. I'm the assistant district attorney. How you two girls doing? What robbery? I borrowed a guy's car. He gave you the keys. Is that correct? He was supposed to leave the keys in the car. But he didn't. Right. If he'd have left them in the car, then I wouldn't have had to jumpstart it. How do you happen to know how to jumpstart a car? I learned it in the army. I was in the motor pool. And everyone was always losing their keys. The entire United States Army would not have moved had it not been for me jump-starting it. And it came in handy on several occasions jump-starting ambulances in order to get invalids to the dialysis machines. <laughs> I love Steve Martin in this character. I honestly think this is one of the greatest this and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels I think are two of his greatest characters he's ever played. Um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, he plays a con man with Michael Caine. Incredible movie. If you've never seen it, you got to find a way to check it out. But this movie here is another one of probably Steve Martin's greatest characters. He gets to actually, I mean, we, we, we've we seen Steve Martin as many characters, but I really thought this was just one of his better characters. He really ingrained himself in the character. Um 
I just thought he played this character absolutely great. But uh, he keeps going. He's got a ton of excuses. And then finally, Barney comes in. And he's not a happy camper, obviously. But um, he, they, actually, let me play the end of this. Here. Seat of that car. People drink too much. Those two cases of liquor were reported stolen from Kelly's Liquor on Fifth Street earlier today. You're kidding me. I accidentally borrowed the wrong car of a guy who stole some liquor earlier today? The car you stole belongs to the Reverend Malcolm Dickinson. He is the minister of the Presbyterian Church here in Freiburg. Are you sure he's a minister? One of my best friends makes his living as a completely phony minister. For two bucks, I can make you a minister. <laughs> Some guys steal your money, but these guys, they steal your heart. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love these fast-talking kind of guys. I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of one of these fast-talking kind of guys being, having done sales for a long time and hopefully getting back soon. But um, anyway. I'm going to go ahead and jump right back into this movie right here. This is where Barney pulls up. Uh, he's the kind of guy that forgets to take his seatbelt off. So I'll just warn you of that right now. But this is where Barney walks in. And uh, if you remember a little while ago, the one girl said that the hair stood up on the back of her neck. Well, as soon as Joan Cusack sees Barney Coopersmith, old short Rick Moranis, the hair on the back of her neck stands up. Hannah Stubbs of the district attorney's office. Right there. What's going on here, Vinny? Barney, you got a ring of phony ministers stealing liquor. Make me a minister. I'll go undercover, infiltrate them. We'll nail all these... Right, knock it off. What do you got? Grand theft auto. Felony theft. We gave you a car. What happened to it? If I could remember that, I wouldn't have borrowed the other one. We're arraigning him <laughs> in the morning. No, you're not. We most certainly are. This man is in the federal witness program. He's under the protection of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I'm the agent in charge of what his case. What are you doing in my purse? Just looking. Cute kids. Thank you. Baseball fans, I yes. see. Yes. That's your husband? Not anymore. Come on, Vinny. Let's go. You're a good-looking girl. Except for those army shoes. No wonder he split. Come on. You know, you ought to get yourself a pair of nice high heels. Spectator pumps, I think they're called. Come on, this way. All right. So they're leading Vinny out. And uh, Barney is. Now, again, this is what the FBI does if you're in witness protection. They will protect the shit out of you. I mean, unless you fucking kill somebody. They're really going to do what they can to keep your name out of the papers, out of the media, out of anything they can. And it's what they do. This is their fucking job. They're, they're fucking cleanup guys at this point. Um if you get in trouble, if you're just one of those guys who are going to, you know, hide out and actually do what the fuck you're told, which you're supposed to just hide the fuck out, lay low and do nothing. Um, that's not what you're going to get a guy like this guy to do. But um, so I'll play a little bit more of this as they're walking out. Here we go. Where do you think you're going? This man is a member of an organized crime family. That stamp on everybody. It's a stereotype. And I resent it. He has to testify at two major mob trials in New York in the immediate future. So therefore, you are not going to arraign him for anything tomorrow. Now, wait just a minute. 
This is not a dump site for the toxic waste of criminal America. That's my last mint. Okay. So there you go. Obviously, she's pissed off that he's actually doing this. She's like, I can't believe you're actually taking this guy. Um, but he is. Again, it's his job. They're cleanup guys. This is what they do. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, they're walking out now. They've done this. They're walking out. And I just love this part. I love <laughs> You got to do better than that. You're going to lose the argument. <laughs> and he really expressed the, the, the T at the end. I love it. Here we go. Lady, this man is much more important than a couple of petty larcenies. That's your opinion. You don't live here. But if I did, it would be a great comfort for me to know that a narrow-minded fanatic is looking out for the welfare of this community. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? You got to do better than that. You're going to lose the argument. Stay out of this. Let me ask you something. How long have you been in this job? And if you actually watch it, you can see him smack the T. You can literally see it. In his lips. I love it. I think it's, I don't know. What are you going to do? I like movies like this. Uh, two weeks? <laughs> go to hell. Just go to hell. Way to go. <laughs> he promises not to do it again. Do me a favor. Tell this woman you won't do it again. I didn't do anything in the first place, which is what I was trying to explain. All right. So she takes them, or he takes them. Um, now, I Listen. I know I've been saying for a long time, I'm going to do newer movies. I'm going to do newer movies. I got to tell y'all, this is me. These older movies, if this is what I watch. This is me. So you guys are getting the movies I watch all the time. We'll stop to watch anytime. These are the movies I've been doing and talking about and reviewing. So anyway, um, just a great movie. And just like I said, I love seeing Steve Martin. In, in, in this character. I think it's just one of his, one of the best characters he's ever done. So just absolutely love seeing it. But uh, she's obviously pissed off. And there's a little scene here where her kids are going to see her husband, her ex-husband, who's Daniel Stern. And one of the things that um, Daniel Stern does that pisses her off is he walks into the house without her permission. And he's like, oh, well, it's my house anyway. So that's just something I want to bring up for a little bit later. But um, the kid has a turtle. They're little water turtles. They're actually called red-eared sliders. I had these turtles for a while. Once they start, if you don't feed them, if you don't let them hunt, they stay small. Once you start putting like small fish in there for them to hunt, they will grow so goddamn fast. I had no choice but to let them loose. They were they grew so fast, but these little turtles grow really fast. Now, she's supposed to, the kid loves the turtle, and he's like, "Mom, don't flush him down the toilet or anything." Well, she's all pissed off about this whole situation, and she starts cleaning. She's doing dishes, and she accidentally flushes the turtle down the disposal, right down the disposal. So. Um, after that, obviously she needs to replace the turtle and it says, uh, we get another little chapter, little thing here. It says, even on Thanksgiving, everybody goes to the mall. It used to, now everything's closed, but, um, they go to the mall. Now there's a few things going on here at the mall. Um, first of all, let me play this little part here because we've got, uh, Rick Moranis, Barney and his partner who decide to go undercover. 
Yeah, I really don't. The guy is hanging around a bar. He's looking to buy stolen credit cards. This could be a major criminal conspiracy. I don't know. We go undercover. We blow this thing right out of the water. Who made you undercover? I did. It doesn't work that way. This is your big chance. Okay, so they go undercover. Now, what they're going to do is they are on their way to catch someone trying to buy stolen credit cards. Well, folks, this voice should sound familiar. These are not the good ones. They got a limit. Oh, they don't all have limits. They might not be valid. Oh, they're good. They're good. I just got them out of the post office. I work at the post office. Obviously, it's Vinny or Todd Wilkinson, whatever you want to say. Obviously, it's Vinny trying to buy him. <coughs> Barney's trying to listen in. He got to move the squelch a little bit, and he does, and then he clues in. I'll get you real quick here. I don't know your name, though. My name is Todd Wilkinson. <laughs> All right, so partner goes back. Now, while the partner's going back, uh, Vinny sees Mrs. Stubbs, who's played again, once again, by Joan Cusack. And he sees her walking through uh, the mall, and she's obviously going towards the pet store. Um, but anyway, before that happens, we get, um, here we go. Let's just play it. We got one. We got us a criminal. No, we don't. We got us a criminal we already had. There you go. So now he knows. We got us a criminal we already had. And they did. They did. They got him. They got the guy they already had. Once again, he's got to protect this guy and tell him to stop doing this shit. He can't just fucking do exactly what he wants to do and cuff him. But um, Vinny goes over. He sees Miss Stubbs. And, you know, he starts walking around with her. Notice she got new shoes. And he starts walking around with her. She's uncomfortable, but they're walking around anyway. Um Barney tells his partner, go home. I'll take care of this. And they do uh, go into a pet store, Joan Cusack and uh, Vinny. And Vinny is looking at the dogs. And these these dogs are absolutely fucking adorable. I'm not going to lie. They look like little labs, uh, a couple of them. There's a little uh, terrier-looking one in here. And I, I think puppy mills were horrible. But you got two little rat terriers in here who are adorable I, I, God, I love puppies and dogs. Love them. Absolutely love them. So anyway, he's saying, oh, they look, they made me leave my dog behind. And he goes into the pet store. So we're going to go to where he's in the pet store. She finds the turtle. And uh, here we go. Oh, God. I wish I could remember what the other one looked like. The turtle died and you are going to pass another turtle off as the dead turtle, right? Right. Trust me, they all look alike. That one. Pretty birds. Pretty birds. Polly want a cracker. It don't say Polly want a cracker. What do it say? You're under arrest. I once knew a guy had a parrot said that. Yeah. 204 with tax, is that correct? 
All right. So Vinny's realizing he knows this guy. He's like, what the fuck? This guy was dead. I know this guy. But they know each other. So he's telling, you know, hey, stop. Don't say a word. Don't say a word. You know, he's doing the hand wave. And he goes, ah, I'm going to stay behind and get me a new dog. And uh, these two definitely hit it off right away. You dirty rat. Snitch. Stool pigeon. Informer. Squealer. You dirty rat. I already said you dirty rat. Yeah, but I say it better. (laughs) Johnny Bird. (laughs) I thought you was dead. That was a general idea. Billy Sparrow. Todd Wilkinson. Ooh, that's a good one. Who's the dame? An assistant DA I recently made the acquaintance of. All right, so he starts talking about, you know, all he's been doing and blah, blah. And he's like, man, I was I was starting to feel like I was alone here. And uh, this guy, Billy, B- B- Billy Sparrow, says, oh, you are not alone. You are really not alone. So he knows he's not alone. So he walks out of the pet store. Barney's out there waiting for him. So him and Barney go into a bar. No, this is not a joke. <laughs> Rick Moranis and Steve Martin walk into a bar. <laughs> There's a priest with them. No, it's not a joke. This is uh, true. They actually do. They go into the bar, and uh, this is the conversation we get right here. I'm with you. My job is to protect you and safeguard you so you can testify at two major trials in New York that are going to send people to jail who are significantly more important than you. I'm with you. And when you get up to testify, they're going to attempt to destroy your credibility. If you get into trouble here, you're just going to make it that much easier for them to tear you down. I'm with you. So you cannot commit credit card fraud. Who says I committed credit card Yo, fraud? Todd. Hey, how you doing? We have pictures of it. I'm trying to tell you I'm with you. When I say I'm with you, I don't mean it like an expression, like I'm saying I know what you mean. I mean I'm with you. I'm with the government. I'm undercover. Who made you undercover? I did. It doesn't work that way. I'm ready to... <laughs> Same thing he just said to his partner. It doesn't work that way. Idiot. To testify against this guy, we'll send him to jail. I don't want you to testify against the guy. I just want you to keep your nose clean. Capisce? You trying to say capiche? <laughs> yeah. Well, don't do it because it hurts my ears when you do it. All right, so that's the end of that conversation. Now, during this little walkout here, they uh, they tell each other that they both lost their wives a couple months ago because they both did in the same month. Um, they were wondering why it was in October, and Barney immediately says, it's the stress of uh, Halloween. They, you never know what to go as. I don't think that's really it. Um, <laughs> I really don't. It could be, I guess, but that's not what I think it is. Um, so they're just kind of walking, everything's kind of going on, and that's the conversation we get. Um, now we get Vinny, who walks up into this bar, this this place. He's going to have lunch with Billy Sparrow, the guy from the pet store, and he runs into basically his whole old crew. That uh, they're all a bunch of fucking snitches. <laughs> Rocco Bamante. Peter Baker. Peter Baker, that's fantastic. Oh, 
Richie Pagliucci. No, no, no. Michael Peterson. I was your pallbearer. <laughs> Appreciate it, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny! Nicky the fish! What are you doing here? Huh? You look fantastic! Dino, how are you? Dino, Dino, Dino! I can't believe this! Alright, so the guy that plays Dino. You know I always do this. We gotta look for the NYPD blue tie-in. Dino was actually in NYPD blue. It was in one episode. Maybe more. Might have been two. But I know if it was in one, he played a guy called The Dentist. And when they asked him why his name was The Dentist... He said, because if you got a problem, I'll extract it. And I think it was uh, Bobby who said, that's a horrible nickname. And he said, if you don't like it, don't say it. Okay, so there you go. But anyway, they all go from there and they go to a restaurant and they're all eating. And here's the conversation in the restaurant. Get the old What the frig is this? A pipe of, uh... There's nothing in it. Last week, I drove 43 miles to a restaurant I heard had good marinara sauce. How was it? Please. <laughs> the way I look at it, this is where you go when you die. Everything's so clean. Everybody's so nice. Good thing we're not broke or we'd really be miserable. I'm broke. But you get your check every week from the government, right? How long do you think you get your check? Forever. Yeah. Huh. Here's the forever. <laughs> All right, so this is where he finds out you only get that check until you testify. And they cut that bitch off. You, you let, uh, let Billy Sparrow tell you what happens here. <laughs> what are you saying? Read the fine print. They only send you the check till you testify. Then they actually expect you to go to work. Bastards. Creeps. What the hell? We might as well go into business. There's enough of us here to start a crime wave. So that gives them all an idea. He's right. There is enough there for them to start a goddamn crime wave. So obviously, I mean, as the next chapter in the movie says, as I am not trained for anything else, I re-embark on my career. And they do. They're out taking scores, taking trucks, doing exactly what you would see out there in New York. Exactly what you would see. Now, at this point, we get Vinny. Once again, he walks out. He's got this giant swordfish in his hands. And uh, he throws it in the trunk and they say to him, don't speed. Of course, he tears out of there. And here we go. Take care, Ben. Remember, no speeding. And there you go. He tears out of there and he's busted. Busted. That's it. So he's going back once again. He's going to end up going back to see the DA. So he goes back. And once again, they find all this shit in his car. They find like a bunch of copies of 
books, they find CD players, they find all types of shit in the car. Um, and he's talking to Hannah, he's the, his, his, his usual annoying self. And finally, Barney walks in, once again, pissed off, covering his ass, and here we go. You know what this lady did? She whacked the turtle because she didn't want to tell the kids. So she bought a new turtle to pass off He even rats on her for the turtle. This guy's just a fucking rat. He's ratting on her for the turtle. What a fucking rat. Jesus. Just on the basis of what we found in his trunk. Did you have a warrant to search his trunk? No. You see, Barney, she didn't even have probable cause. You had no right to look in the trunk. Probable cause. Thomas Jefferson put that in the Constitution. He didn't put it in for you. Yes, he did. I'm exactly the guy he put it in for. Mrs. Stubbs, I admire your zeal. Don't patronize me. I'm the worst case scenario of Thomas Jefferson's dreams. This way. Presumably, the statute of limitations on these crimes will not Mrs. have run Stubbs, out. I have been thinking of advising this man to get involved with you, but now I'm afraid I can't because you are definitely losing your sense of humor. You can't touch him. I can too. If you ever had a sense of humor. When you finish testifying, all bets are off. Everybody thinks they have a sense of humor, but then they don't all. You commit so much as a misdemeanor, I'm going to throw the book at you. Okay, here's a test. What's the difference between a light bulb and a pregnant woman? What? You can unscrew a light bulb. bit of a crude joke, but uh, you should get a good, at least a chuckle out of it. Not today. I don't think I would tell that joke in uh, 2022, but uh, usually you would get a chuckle out of something like that. Um, anyway, um, we keep going here, and he, this is where they go back to New York. So they're going back to New York, and Barney is on the plane like, listen, you can't tell anybody we're here. That's it. Don't say a word. And they get off the plane, right? But first of all, Vinny is reading this book about how to write a book. So I guess I can play a little bit of this. Give me one second here. Let me go right into it. And as he's reading the book, he tries to, he, once again, you got these fast talkers and he's uh, talking to the stewardess, um, flight attendant, excuse me, flight attendant. And here we go. Uh, ginger ale for me. Mm -hmm. uh, two double scotches, please. We're only allowed to sell you two drinks, sir. Two double scotches would be four drinks. I see. All right, how about this? You sell me my double scotch, and you sell my friend his double scotch, but instead of putting his double scotch on his tray, you put it on mine, and I'll pay you for both. By the way, you look fantastic in red and blue, Pam. <laughs> All right, then. That'll be $12. Okay, and uh, keep the change, please. Oh, we're not allowed to accept tips. Ah, not allowed to accept tips. So your change is eight. Thank you. Thank you. Can I get you... Okay, so he slips the money into her pocket. He just slides the money right into her pocket when she's not looking and at the other table or at the other seat, not table, Jesus Christ, like she's a fucking waitress. At the other seat, he slips the money in her pocket and here we go. Something, man? I'm fine, thanks. Would you like something to drink? No. You sure? Yeah. Bye. You tip a flight attendant? I tip everybody. That's my philosophy. See, actually, it's not tipping I believe in. It's over tipping. See, I think this is the kind of thing people would like to know. Give me that pin again. 
All right, so he's writing his book. And he's saying things that he thinks people want to know. Now, he gets off the plane. Remember, he's not supposed to have anyone know he's there. He gets off the plane and his whole family is there. Um, here we go. I just want to play up to the mother comes out because I want to talk about the mom real quick. I'm here, but then we ain't the queen. The mother comes out. Mama. Okay. So if you watch this movie. And uh, you remember earlier I said in the beginning of this show that um, John Travolta was considered for the part of playing Vinny. Again, which wouldn't have been so bad, but it would have been like, oh, mama. Oh, yeah. Uh, But, you know, I didn't need that. Um, This lady playing the mother is actually the woman who played the mother of John Travolta in Saturday Night Live and Staying Alive. Uh, which was kind of Saturday Night Live too, or uh, Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. If I said Saturday Night Live, I apologize. Saturday Night Fever um, and Staying Alive. Those were what I meant. I think I said Saturday Night Live, and I apologize. Saturday Night Fever and Staying Alive were the two movies Travolta did. So it was just kind of funny that they wanted to tie Travolta into this movie, and they ended up having the woman who played his mother in both movies. I just thought I would mention that because why not, right? Exactly. Anyway, um, this is all kind of a ruse. Basically, this is to let Vinny go because Vinny had a Taylor appointment. So this is all basically a ruse to get Vinny out of there so he can kind of just get away. And the whole family was in on it. And uh, it was pretty cool. But anyway, the next day, we do see Vinny. And uh, he's here, and uh, he's out, and he's just singing a song. um, Literally singing a song. Um, Actually, the song he's driving, uh, he's walking around singing is from New York, New York, which is a Frank Sinatra song. So uh, here we go. He's singing a song. Vinny, we're late. We have an appointment downtown. You see what I mean? Tragic. Barney, take a look at the two of us. Take a look. You see, we don't match. You dress like this, you attract attention to me. That's dangerous. Wait till you see this. Wow. The worst. It's a pair of socks. Just try something different. All right, so he gets Barney to try something different. So Vinny, as bad, crazy, and, you know, mobbed up, whatever he is, he's really a good guy, and he actually starts taking a liking to Barney. Now, I will say something in this scene. Rick Moranis is left-handed. So if you see the way he's carrying his gun in this scene, it's cross-draw, and it's actually backwards, on the shoulder holster. It's backwards because he's left-handed. 
So he would have to cross draw to his right. I don't know why they didn't just get a left-handed holster at that time. Might have been all they had on set. But it's actually put on backwards to accommodate left hand. Um, it's just odd the way it's put on. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's just something from me my and my stupid gun-owning thing. Um, but anyway, he does set up uh, Barney with a really nice suit. He comes out. Now they match a little bit. He's, I guess he was kind of right. He does kind of draw attention to him. He looked like an FBI agent. I look like a fucking mobster. We should probably both at least look like mobsters. Yeah, I guess he's right. It gets kind of almost a a silver. It looks like a shark skin almost suit. Kind of pinstripe, black, uh, gray. Actually, it's gray with black pinstripes. I actually have one close to it, except it's black with gray pinstripes. So it's just the opposite. But uh, they're in the hotel room. And um, this is a, another great part in this movie. They're in the hotel room, and Barney is just like, listen, we just need to stay in, lay low for the night. We got to testify tomorrow. No reason to do anything. Let's just keep it quiet. Finney ain't with that. He wants to go out. He wants to get something to eat. He's in his hometown. He's not with that. So what he does is as Barney is ordering food, he starts crumpling up his pants. And here's why. Okay, fine then. What are you doing? I'm wrinkling up your jacket like you're wrinkling up your pants. What are you talking about? Why? You bought a $1,200 suit. You come home, you hang up the jacket, but you're laying around in your pants. You're wrinkling the pants. Give me your pants. I'll hang them up for you. What happens? Give me your pants. What happens is the pants are going to have to go to the dry cleaners more often than the jacket. And pretty soon, you end up with a suit that doesn't quite match. I should take this down to that pressing machine. I'll tell you what, since we're going to stay in, order me the macaroni and cheese and get me one of those little bottles of wine because I really don't want to drink too much. Will I need change for that pressing machine? No, no, they're going to have change down there. I'll be back in about five minutes, okay? All right, so he goes to order and literally as he's, the second he starts dialing, he goes, God damn it, the guy just took my pants and ran out of here. He knows exactly what's happening. It took him a minute. But he knows. So he goes downstairs, finally. And Vinny's down there. He knows a bunch of people. He's talking to a bunch of guys. And he's down there. And finally he gets Vinny's attention from these guys. And here we go. This is what we get um, when he gets Vinny's attention. Now remember, Vinny is literally in a club, basically in a bar, surrounded by a bunch of guys. Basically mobsters. These guys look like mobsters. And here we go. It's Louis Louis Vincenzi from San Francisco. What are you doing here? <laughs> this man is so fast, he doesn't wear pants. It slows him down. How was she? Give me the suit right now. <laughs> I can't believe you did this to me. $1,200 suit on my credit card. you want to have a good card. time or do you want to sit in the motel and look at green 18%, carpeting? 18% on my credit card. I can't believe you did this. I've been paying it off for the rest of my life. And unlike you, I intend Champagne to Champagne for everybody. What a fantastic guy. <laughs> Don't get him mad. I can't believe you did this to me. Vinny? All right, let's Relax. go. Right now. This is my territory. Nothing's going to Back to the motel. Hello. I want to show you something. So he grabs him by the old, uh, the old stack and swivel, the back of the head. So he moves his neck, and here we go. You see those guys? Yes, I do. If they find out you're FBI, we have a problem. So, what'll it be? 
the motel and TV, or drinking and girls. So he picks drinking and girls. Now, as much, once again, you got this uptight FBI guy and you got this other guy who loves to go out, lives in, you know, from New York City, loves to live it up on the town, out all night. He's trying to loosen up this uptight FBI agent. Even trying to get him, he, he's telling him, listen, you, you got to get out there. You want to meet a girl, you got to look him in the eye. And he teaches him to do this a little bit. Again, he trying to loosen this guy up, to even teaches him to do the merengue. We get a whole scene here of dancing. They're doing the merengue. There's really no reason for me to play this, I promised you. But we get a whole scene here. They're dancing. He's learning to dance. He finally gets it, and he's dancing with two beautiful. They're both dancing with two beautiful girls, and um, they have a good time. They really do. So as they're doing this, um, a guy comes out with uh, two guys come out in suits and they take shots at Vinny and Barney takes out the uh, chandelier, gets the guys out of there and Vinny's amazed. He's like, holy shit, how the fuck did he do that? And uh, this right here will be right when they are pretty much, they're in bed and they're and Vincent is just like, dude, you know, you saved my life. Hey, Barney. You have any? Where'd you learn to shoot like that? In the bureau. Really? <laughs> really? You saved my life. You saved my life. We're in each other's debt forever. That's so great. So you got these two completely opposite guys who are really getting along. You got the uptight FBI guy who's not as uptight as he was. And you got this mobster guy who's actually really starting to like this FBI guy. It's the uncommon odd couple relationship. We see it in wrestling all the time. Um, I mean, yeah, I do talk about wrestling since this show did stem from a wrestling show. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like that. It's the, uh, the, 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 just the odd couple that gets together and really starts enjoying each other. It's, it's, it's RK bro, <laughs> basically right here. Kind of the odd couple that's really getting along with each other, but, uh, they do go to trial and, um, I'm gonna play a little bit of the trial right here. Mr. Capelli left the room. Did Mr. Gotso say anything at this point? Mr. Gotso said, kill the fart. I apologize, Your Honor, but that's what he said. To whom was he speaking? Sonny, Frankie, <sighs> Richie, Al, the guys who were there. And then they had a little eggplant Benny's mother made, and she puts capers in, which I personally think is a mistake. And then they killed Nikki Capelli. One behind the ear with a 22. Richie loved to use 22s because the bullets are small <laughs> and they'll come out the other end like a 45. See, a 45 will blow a barn door out the back of your head and there's a lot of dry cleaning involved. But a 22 will just rattle around like uh, Pac-Man, you know, until you die. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Antonelli. You're welcome. 
Your witness? Smith, Millie. Where exactly do you live? Nowhere. Objection, Your Honor. Mr. Levine knows perfectly. All right. So obviously, obviously that was the prosecutor. This is the defense coming up. And um, he asks him, uh, uh, asks him another question. And um, I just let him play. Perfectly well that the witness is not able to answer that question. I withdraw the question. You're currently in the Federal Witness Protection Program. Is that correct? Yes. So you're living somewhere in America under the protection of the federal government. You agreed to testify against Mr. Gatso, and in exchange for this testimony, you've been given immunity, a nice house, and a weekly paycheck. Is that correct? That's not all I get. Ah. So Barney was sitting there when he says, that's not all I get, and he's like, oh, shit. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not sure what I'm... Obviously, he thinks he's going to out him for all the fucking bullshit he's committed and the fucking shit he's got him out of. But we all know Vincent, uh, old Vinny's good at pulling the heartstrings when it needs to, so here we go. Well, perhaps you'd like to enlighten the jury as to what else the government is giving you in exchange for this testimony. Sure. I get to never see my parents again. Or my loved ones. I get to live in a place. It's okay, don't get me wrong. The air is clean, people are nice. But for a guy like me, who was raised on the sidewalks of a city that never sleeps, it's a living hell. There were times when I thought of giving it all up, particularly when my wife left me. They gave us a nice house with flowers in front. I made us sick. But I made a deal with the government, so I'm here to tell the truth. And if you think I'm saying what I'm saying about Mr. Gatso killing Nikki Capelli <laughs> only because of the deal, you got a point. But it's still the truth. So there you go. He didn't out Vinny one bit, or out Barney one bit, and he uh, kind of fucked up the defense a little bit. By saying what he said, he kind of, like I said, he kind of tore at the heartstrings of the jury a little bit right there. And uh, it wasn't a bad thing to do. But, you know, we got Barney, a different guy, really liking Vinny. He's on the plane. He's telling jokes to the uh, flight attendants and uh, just, uh, you know, having a great time. Even tries to buy a uh, drink for a nun. Here. Drink here for my friend. Oh, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> oh, come on. Have a brandy. Monks make it. Vinny? And she has a brandy. Um, but anyway, they're flying back. And uh, he's like, listen, next time we come back, we're going to have to really, I don't know how we're going to make that a better trip than what we just had for the second trial. But um, at this point, we've got Steve Martin, Vincent, telling Barney. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Listen. <coughs> You really should make up with that DA. There's no reason you guys should all be at each other's throat. Um, so that's one of the things that's going to happen right now. Is they're going to start making up now. We got Vincent outside mowing the lawn in a suit, of course, because, you know, that's just kind of what he does. But um, he goes in. Barney goes into the FBI. Everyone likes his new look, his new style. They're all uh, kind of cheering him on. And he's like, hey, great. Hannah. Stubbs sees an envelope at her house with three tickets in it to a Padres game. She has no clue who gave them to her. Well, turns out, who's knocking on her door? It's Vinny. 
Vinny's at her door, and it was him who bought the tickets. Once again, he said he was going to definitely try to make up for the whole thing with the DA and everything that happened. So he does, and this is how he does it. Let me take mute off. Here we go. Hi, kids. My name is Todd. I'm a friend of your mom's from the office. Hi, I'm Jamie. Hey, how do you do? Johnny. Hey, how are you doing? What huh? are you doing here? We have to leave right away. Otherwise, we're gonna miss batting practice. Oh, yeah, let's Good go. Sleep, huh? You wouldn't hey, believe what I We can't go, guys. Stop. We can't go. What? Of course you can. Now, parking is always a problem at the stadium, so I've taken the liberty, and I hope you don't mind, of hiring a limousine. Oh, oh limousine. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. So there you go. He gets him a limo and she's like, we can't go. We can't do this. And the kids are like, mom, shut up. Let's go. And they do go. Nice little limo here. Nice limo. It's a Lincoln limo. It's uh, I've, I've had a few limos in my life. I had a little, I had a limo. I had a company with limos. I've done a few things with limousines, but this is a nice old, probably 84, 85 Lincoln. Nice little limo. Nice little limo. Um, these things last forever. The one that I still have that my that's still out in Emory is a 94. I think it's a 94. 94.95 is, is what it is. I forget which one it is, but it's an older one, white. It's a Lincoln. It's a nice one. Um, the only one I still have, I don't, I haven't done much with it. I probably should. But uh, anyway, they do go to the baseball game and uh, they're having a great, uh, obviously starting to have a great time. Um, but uh, it's funny. One of the kids pulls out his wallets and Vinny immediately was like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Used to living in New York. Here we go. Let's go ahead and play this scene. Hey, 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 you never take your wallet out of the ball game. Didn't your mother ever teach you this? No. Hey, put this away. All right. Now, how many hot dogs do we want? Two each? Real men always have two. All right. Okay, and two for your mother. Right over here, please. I, I don't want a hot dog. She's probably on a diet, right? Yeah. My wife was always on a diet. My mother used to say, be careful of women on diets because they're always in a bad mood. All right. So he's just kind of talking. And of course, and Barney shows up. Barney shows up. And um, once again, they, he sits him. He's trying to make, make everything peaceful between all of them. So he sits Barney beside uh, Hannah. <clears throat> they're sitting beside each other. Now, they're, the, the game happens. They're having an excellent time. Um. And it's just it, it, just a good little, nice little part of the movie. Everyone's having a great time. It's just a good, good little fun part of the movie. Uh, you got Vinny catching foul balls. Uh, they're doing the seventh in inning stretch where they sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Uh, I don't know if they do that anymore. I know they used to. It was always a fun little thing. When my, my parents used to take me out to uh, Fenway when I was a kid to go see the Red Sox games. I mean, I moved from Boston when I was six, so that was when I was four and five years old. But anyway, um, as they're leaving the game, we get um, the kids tell Vinny that the field, every time it rains, gets really, really flooded and they can't even play. So he says, you guys should do some sort of fundraiser. That would be a good thing to do. I, I bring that up because I'm going to talk about that in a, few, a little bit in the movie. 
But also what happens in this part is Barney asks Hannah to some sort of law enforcement, FBI kind of uh, kind of ball, kind of party thing. So they're kind of, you know, getting together a little bit. So it, um, I don't know if I have, you know what, I think I actually have that. No, I don't. I, uh, here, I can though. Give me one second. I'll go right back to it. Here, right after this. Here we go. Give me a second. Oh, really? It's a worthwhile cause. You ought to raise money for it. Yeah, sure. There's it's that. It's a cocktail party for the law enforcement personnel in the San Diego area. If you'd like to. That's what it was. Cocktail party for the law enforcement personnel in the San Diego area. All right. I, that's why I played it. I wanted to know what it was. But definitely, she said yes. And uh, he's still a ner- little nervous. And this is where we get the other chapter in the movie. Everybody falls in love. And this is where we get Vinny, who sees Shaldine in the grocery store and walks right up to her. And this is uh, Carol Kane, who we talked about in the beginning of the show, um, and does this. You know, it's dangerous for you to be here in the frozen food section. Why is that? Because you could melt all this stuff. <gasps> By the way, my name's Shaldine. Hiya, Shaldine. What's yours? My name's Todd. Todd? That's a beautiful name. It's Italian for extra special. All right, so they leave. All right, and boy, does this take off quick. Um, literally, in the next scene, we get... We get... Uh, here, hold on a second. We get him calling. Now, I'm going to talk about this phone call right here. I'm going to go ahead and play it, and then I'm going to actually talk about it really quick because there's something about this phone call that is uh, very, very true and what makes this movie even a little less loosely based on the uh on the character on the person henry hill here we go Barney, how you doing what's going on Vinny? i'm in reno i just got married you got what married say hello to shaldine shaldine say hello to barney hi shaldine can you put uh, Vinny back on please sure. you love her or what Vinny, I don't, I don't understand. You're already married. Don't worry. I didn't marry under my real name. <laughs> I didn't marry under my real name. Okay. So here's the thing under that. Um, that actually happened. <laughs> that actually happened to the guy. Um, um, th- this actually happened to the mobster Henry Hill. When he was in the witness protection program in Seattle, which is where he was, he married his girlfriend, Shelly. He got drunk, called his lawyer, told him what happened, and said exactly what was just said by him. I Don't worry, I didn't marry her under my real name. So that's what makes this movie a little, a little less loosely based on Henry Hill and pretty much based on the Henry Hill story when he was in witness protection of what a fucking nightmare he was but um 
It's funny, actually. Barney literally goes the next day and tells this story. Uh, again, Barney's kind of a new guy, and he's telling this story to his buddies, just kind of being funny. I'll play it real quick. Vinny gets on, and I said, Vinny, you're already married. And he said, don't worry. I didn't marry her under my real name. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me you're going to book him for bigamy. No. Hannah doesn't find him as funny as I do. I see that it's funny. <laughs> okay. First thing, if you do watch this movie, you're going to notice something. Joan Cusack is very tall compared to Rick Moranis, and they don't even try to hide it. Um, at one point, he goes to kiss her. He goes up on a step to kiss her. Um, they don't try to hide it. She's three inches taller than him with flats on. And in most of these scenes, she's wearing heels. She's wearing flats in a couple of scenes you can see visibly. But most of the time, she's wearing heels in this movie. And she is much taller than Rick Moranis. Um, and by the way, we are way... Oh, sorry, my mouse moved there. We are way over halfway through this movie. we got about 30 minutes left in this movie. Less than 30 minutes. So they're doing this. They're going through the party. And uh, I'm going to kind of move through this a little quicker than you think anyway. They're doing this whole thing. They're going through the, the the whole thing with the party, and they're talking a little bit, and they're kind of uncomfortable with each other. Rick Moranis, they're talking about dancing, and he goes, we should dance. And she's like, no, no, no. He goes, well, I can't dance much either, but I can do the merengue. So she's like, they're not playing the merengue. He slips the guy some cash. They start playing a merengue, and literally... They're dancing all through the night. They literally just show them they're dancing in the in, in, in the venue. They're dancing, which is right outside the beach. They're dancing on the beach. They pretty much just do the merengue all fucking night. And um, yeah, they start talking. And I mean, come on, you guys know how it can be sometimes on the first date. If you really hit it off with somebody, you're talking. You start telling them all your secrets. They start telling about how their husbands left and their wives left. And, you know, it goes to that, and Barney actually ends up going in that night. Now, if you remember, a little while ago, I had talked about Daniel Stern, the ex-husband in this movie, how he just sort of walks in whenever he wants. Well, Barney stayed the night. Daniel Stern walks in, and he fucking takes care of it quickly. Guys? Hiya. Hey. Oh! Yeah. You want to come in this house? You ring the damn bell. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mind getting the door, please? Thank you. So there you go. He might be a small, little, frail-looking man, but FBI agents are trained pretty well when it comes to hand-to-hand. Um, now... We go to the next chapter. Again, this movie's cut out in chapters, and I love the way it's cut out in, like, book chapters, like video book or something. I don't know. Into each life, a little rain must fall, even in San Diego. So there we go. Now, if you remember, um, we had said that uh, there were a few things that are going to go on in this scene. Let me, you know, let, me, let me just play this next little part. And then we'll we'll go from there. If you remember, I had said earlier in the show, though, that Barney was always dying to go undercover. Here we go. Got you Barney. the assignment of your dreams. You're going undercover, buddy. Congratulations. 
We're launching a major sting operation tomorrow. Step into my parlor at 1,300 hours. Synchronize your watches, man. We get to be Canadians. We get Sir, to be I Canadian. I still have a witness to look after uh, until he appears in court. He has one more court appearance, and I promised him. When is that? In three weeks. This is a very important assignment. You're going to be out for as long as it takes. Four weeks, eight weeks, however long. I'll make sure someone is assigned to your witness. I assume that he'll stay out of trouble. In the meantime, Cooper Smith. So Barney's trying to get out of this. He just fell in love. And he's telling the guy, listen, I, I, I just fell in love. And you know how that is. He goes, listen, this is like your dream assignment. Either do it or you don't. So he goes back and he tells Hannah, I got to do this assignment. I don't have a choice. But they go. And basically, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you. It's easier if I play the scene. This is where they show up at the hotel. They're going to be staying in for weeks, being Canadian. And here we go. Okay, fellas, this is it. Let's go. All right, get this. You're Harry Redleaf, and you're Dickie Thorson. You're from Vancouver, and you're in town to buy stolen goods from a major hijacking ring. They'll be in touch with you as soon as they're ready to fence their goods. Uh, when will that be? Not today. It will be whenever it will be. All right. So that's what they're there to do. You see that. You heard, you heard that right there. Um, that sounds familiar. Major hijacking ring. Hmm. Where would that have started? Ah, okay. Let's just remember that right there. So anyway, we keep going a little bit. And they're in there. Uh, Vinny is... <clears throat> excuse me, going to work, as he tells his wife. He's going to the office, as he says. Meanwhile, he's going to the warehouse that he got busted coming out of. These guys steal a truck. And what they didn't realize is what they what they stole in the truck was those five-gallon jugs like you would see in a water cooler. It's exactly what they, what they accidentally stole. So Vinny walks in, and he's like, you guys see a problem. I see potential. So what he does is he says, next chapter in the movie, I become a fundraiser. And what he does is he literally does. He starts putting out everything, uh, those five-gallon jugs. Now, if you remember, you would walk into a grocery store back in the day. Uh, you don't see it much anymore. But people would have, like in grocery stores, jugs, uh, the big five-gallon jugs that had signs on them. They were collecting change for for different causes but he puts them out there to collect for the Freiburg Little League to get a stadium as he was saying at the baseball game what they should collect for and he's getting everybody to collect these was it a scam you never really know um but I mean he's getting tons of money from this he's got his wife at home rolling money she has stacks of dimes and quarters and pennies in front of her. And uh, he's just going back and forth and finding everything. Um, and as the movie is going, we still have Barney and his partner. And they are starting to get restless and going a little crazy right now. They're not happy of what they have to do. There's matter of fact, uh, <laughs> Barney's partner called him Dickie. And he said, if you call me Dickie again, I'll kill you. <laughs> so there you go but uh we keep going a little bit and the kids if you remember hannah has two kids are baseball players and baseball fans the kids go and they go to buy an ice cream 
and they see Todd, Vinny, with two <coughs> of those uh, five-gallon jugs full of change. He puts them in his car, and he takes off. They go to get ice cream, and they see the jug. And it says exactly, you know, all the things, Freiburg Stadium, just like they had talked about. Well, they go home, and they are excited. They are so excited because they they think they're about to get a new stadium from Vinny. Um, here. AstroTurf. Mom, you should have seen the money in the bottle. It was like trillions of dollars. It was our idea. Well, not exactly our idea, but we told him how awful the field was and everything. He might even put in bleachers. Oh, yeah. And AstroTurf again. I can't believe this. And maybe even yeah. a dome. All right, so she's immediately suspicious. They go the next day. They're staking him out at a hardware store. He's putting change in his car. Um, and it bottoms out because he has so much weight in there. But they stop him. And, of course, she busts him. Uh, here we go. Let's play that. Oh, mute. Here we go. Do something for someone. Give back a little. Repay my debt to society. And you arrest me for it. He might be telling the truth, Hannah. It was all for the community. I swear on my mother's life. Let me do this. I live here. This is my home. For better or for worse. I love it here. And you were going to give the money to the community, weren't you? Yes. Yes! See? He was going to give the money to the community. When? What? When were you going to give the money to the community? When I had all of it, obviously. Mrs. Stubbs. Over here. Against the wall, sir. I'm a new man. This is not the old me. This is the new me. He seems like a completely different person. He seems totally different. Now, let's not forget that one police officer talking right now is kind of in love with him. More than kind of. Anyway, I'm not your problem. You have major crime going on right here under your nose. Okay. This is where he makes a deal. This is where it all should tie in right now with where Barney and his partner are. Here we go. You're wasting your time with me. I'm nothing. I'm small potatoes. What I could tell you about what's going on around here if I wanted to. It's big. Come on, buddy. Okay. So he doesn't know that... It's Barney and his partner that are posing as these guys that are waiting to buy these this all this stolen material. He tells her, okay, so at this point, they're about to go on the bust. And they do. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play the bust. Uh, let me get to the spot where I wanted to play it from real quick. And then we'll go from there. They go in. They bust him. She sees that it's Barney. And he sees that it's Barney, and he is baffled, literally baffled. Here we go. Bastard! I swear I had no idea. For once in my life, I'm telling you. The deal is off. I'm arresting you for a scam money-making scheme to build a Little League park. And furthermore, I'm indicting you under your real name. Cuff him. He has to testify again in New York in three days' time, but he's not going to make it now because by tomorrow this story's in the newspaper and within 24 hours every hitman in America will be here. I seriously doubt that. Would you like to bet on it? I never bet when I'm sure I'm right. 
Well, presumably you haven't done a lot of betting since you've only been wrong once in your life. Twice. So obviously she's saying she's been wrong about two men in her life. That was pretty harsh. I think that was pretty harsh. I, I really do. But anyway, he goes to see Vinny. Vinny is in his cell um, where he's actually typing his book. And uh, he's pretty much got this prison wired. They 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 love this guy, but um, he's sitting there in his cell, and uh, he's he's Barney's like, dude, I ca- I can't get you out of this one. I can't get you out of this one. She's got you. She's got you. Fucking hook, line, and sinker. Nothing I can do. You're gonna have to fucking figure out what to do. Now, Vinny does say, listen, I gotta make a phone call. This is the only thing I got to do. So he does. And he makes a phone call. The next day, they go to court. They're in court. And uh, we'll play a little bit of the court scene right here. Uh, we've got uh, two scenes left to play, and that's it. Is that we be permitted to hold Mr. Antonelli without bail. Every day he is on the streets, he commits a crime. And why that may be all right in places like New York, where people are used to it, here in Freiburg, every citizen is a victim. Here, here. Right. Mr. Cooper Smith. Your Honor, speaking for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, our position is that Mr. Antonelli must not spend another night in jail. His life is in danger. He must be protected so that he can testify in New York shortly, and therefore, sir, we ask that you grant bail and release him in our custody. Your Honor, this is exactly what the FBI does. It pretends this man is in danger when no one cares about him one bit. There's all this melodrama as if a bunch of cartoon hitmen in white on white ties are going to walk in the door and try to kill him. Okay, so literally when she says this, two guys in white on white ties come in the door and try to kill him. See, this is a preposterous scenario. The sort of paranoid fantasy Ah! that... What? Ah! Ah! Okay. As do... (laughs) Excuse me, not blow blow your ears out. (laughs) Me coughing might do that. Oh my God, excuse me. Um, But uh, obviously you hear shooting and they're all shooting. Finally, um, Vinny dives over. Uh, Barney goes after and saves Hannah. Vinny dives over and the cop that loves him jumps right on top of him and he's like, I got to get out of here. She takes him out of there. Um, and she's like, listen, whatever you want to do, you can, here. Take my gun! Wow. You saved my life. I'm in your debt forever. That's how it works. Get in. Just pretend I'm your hostage. Hard to pretend she's a hostage when she's literally got her head rested up against his shoulder. But anyway, um, uh, the next little chapter in the movie says, I amaze everybody. So what he does is he drives uh, her truck, her little Ford Ranger, to uh, a spot. And the guys are all working. All these mobsters that he was with are all working to build the stadium. They got sod. They got wood. They got fucking bleachers coming in. They got everything going on. Um, Barney pulls up. 
and the kids are there, and the kids are excited, and here we go. Isn't he wonderful? Why didn't you say anything about this ballpark when I arrested you? What, and ruin the surprise? You didn't say anything about this ballpark because there was nothing to say. You arranged all this from jail to avoid prosecution for embezzlement. Now that hurts. Because this was my intention from the very beginning. The children needed a ballpark, and I responded. See, I know how it feels to be... Okay, again, we know he's good at pulling at the hard strings. I'm going to go ahead and play. This is the last scene. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit more of this. I might even... I, there's seven minutes left in the movie that's including credits. Uh, let's just go ahead. Disappointed. When I was seven years old, no, eight, all I wanted for Christmas was a new red bicycle. My favorite uncle, Uncle Alfresco, swore to me that he would buy me that bicycle. I counted the days until Christmas. Five o'clock, Christmas morning, I run right. down. Nobody move. All right, so we get the, 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 the two hitmen are pulling up. Now, Vinny had also told Barney when they were in prison that uh, he could never even hold a gun because he was uh, scared. He's afraid of guns. It uh, it kept him in middle management the whole time. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead. This is just between Vinny and us. Guys, I'm in the middle of an anecdote. Vinny, come over here and no one get hurt. Okay, okay. Come on, kids, uh, move back out of the way and everybody just get out of the way. Take position! Vinny rolls, shoots the gun out of both of their hands. An amazing shot. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And here we go. Nice action. Thanks. I thought you didn't know I lied. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Five o'clock Christmas morning, I run downstairs and look under the tree, and what do I find? Uncle Alfresco dead on the floor, shot through the back of the head. Plus, no bicycle. It was a disappointing Christmas on many levels. So you can accuse me of many things, but never for one moment did I intend to rip off these beautiful children. Isn't that right, Barney? Yeah, Vinny told me about this Little League thing months ago. And and the only reason I didn't say anything about it was because it, it, it was supposed to be a surprise for the kids. Do you expect me to believe this? Yes, I do. How about it? Kisses her. She believes it. Everything turns out wonderful, of course. They get the field built. Um, it's the home of the Freiburg Turtles. It is the Vincent Antonelli Stadium. And he throws out the first pitch. He's in this white suit with a red shirt. All the kids come out. They got the same uh, thing. In the, it's kind of embroidered. It's got stained, uh, printed on their T-shirt. It's great. He's got a book. And again, he's got a book out. Remember, he was writing a book. It's called uh, How I Got Here. The Vincent Antonelli, uh, Vincent Antonelli story. 
And, you know, oh, let's just play a little bit of the wives here. Town again. I must be working out screwed up karma or something. I know what you mean. Who would have thought that we would each have two husbands in a row who were in the federal witness program? But, you know, this long yes, reminds me. Let's have a good game. Hey, on fire. Yeah. All right, the mom's even paying the umpires off to uh, make sure the, 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 the Turtles win. And like I said, Vincent throws out the first pitch. And he comes up. And he's uh, the crowd is cheering. He comes up. He's holding his baby he has with the cop. And it's just a great ending to a great little action comedy, action drama comedy movie. Uh, once again, I think Steve Martin and Rick Moranis had great chemistry in this movie. And even Joan Cusack added to the chemistry because I think she was just kind of that little relief, uh, almost a comedy, comedy relief that they really kind of needed in this movie. Otherwise, it might have been a little too serious. But Joan Cusack just kind of always has that kind of cutesy little part that she always played back in these days. Um, but anyway, that was My Blue Heaven, an excellent movie from 1990. Um the, those two actors, like I said, have been in a couple of movies together. They were in Parenthood together, Little Shop of Horrors together, and they have great, great chemistry together. So I thought this was an excellent, excellent movie. This is one that, like I said, if, if it's on cable or something, I don't have cable, but if I see it and if it's on a streaming service or something, I'm going to fucking watch it. I absolutely fucking love this movie. Um so that is it for this movie. So thank th thanks everybody for joining me and um, you know kind of hanging with me. I know I don't usually do this on Sundays. I just wanted to get this done. I pray the audio was good uh, for this show. I hope I'm not. Uh, I don't sound bad. I hope the audio from the um, from the movie doesn't sound bad. So, uh, but that's it. Next week I'm going to be talking and focusing on Keith David. So uh, that'll be it. And. Um, I don't uh, think we got anything else here. And uh, I got my wife coming in the room real quick. But uh, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and knock the plugs out one more time. And we are going to get out of here. So one more time, you guys want to be checking out the high marks. That's right. Cheese Man Mojo and G-Wiz. They are over there on the Metal Mitt Podcast Network. Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Podcast Network. Go check them out. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday nights. This is Sunday. So go ahead if you guys want to check them out. Um, don't know if they're still on right now, but if you can find out. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, they are the Inhumans on the Inhuman Experience. You can check them out all the usual podcast platforms. And, of course, Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, Eric, Doug, and Daniel. Check them out on all the usual podcast platforms. And, of course, EUP Network right over there on Blog Talk Radio. Stephen Milan. Definitely check him out over there reviewing movies on Letterboxd, boxd.com slash Stephen Milan, two L's in Milan. And once again, you guys can check out Wrestling Outlet Wednesday nights right here, mixer.com slash Wrestling Outlet, right where you're listening to this show now. Uh, Wednesday nights right around 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time we start, right after uh, AEW Dynamite is off the air. And uh, once again, next week, I'm going to focus on Keith David. Uh, if you don't know who he is, definitely go ahead and check him out. And uh, trust me, you'll know who he is after next week. And uh, that is it, folks. Oh, my wife is throwing shit around the room. And on that note, 
I am out of here. Thank you, everybody. See you all next time. Shh.